0: Hi everyone! Welcome to The 20s Project, a podcast where we, as HEC Paris students, gather people in their 20s and talk about their life stories.
1: Hey, I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Christina. Get ready to discover career growth, self-development, and the
0: adventures of studying abroad. So today we're joined with a very, very special guest, Jenny. So welcome, Jenny. Hi. We're really happy to have you there. Uh, So Jenny's going to be introducing herself. uh, But basically, we thought it could be super interesting to dive a little deeper into the class preparatoire, but Jenny will be explaining that a little later, and also topics related to stress management, but also discipline, uh, prioritizing tasks, and so on and so forth, because we also do believe that you know those are aspects that can also have a major influence on our overall career and professional journey. So Jenny, if you don't mind introducing yourself. Yes, of course, so hi
2: everyone, I'm Jenny. I'm currently a master was- Master 1 student at HSE. So I'm enrolled in the Master in Management. Well, I actually arrived at HSE a year ago, uh, as I was in the L3 uh, pathway. And um, so I got the chance to uh, go abroad for a few months. Uh, I actually went to London uh, in January to, yeah, I went from January to April. And, uh, well, it was a great experience and it's quite good to be back at HCC Two. Oh, nice to hear. Um, so, yeah, uh, you,
1: you just uh, mentioned also you came from the L3 system, but I believe that's a part of the whole PREPA system. A lot of us as international students don't really understand what's the PREPA and what's like, it, how does it connect to your master's degree? And like, do, do you mind, like, give us a quick introduction of
2: what this whole system is about? So, uh, Class Preparatoire is indeed quite specific to France. Uh, I don't think that we can find this system abroad. Uh, basically, after high school, you can enroll in a two year program that is known to be quite intense. And so, this program is meant to prepare students uh, to enter uh, Grande Ecole, that's how we call them in France. And we have engineering schools, but also business schools in our case, and other top schools like L'UNS. And, um, well, uh, there are different types of class préparatoire based on the background and the subjects we want to specialize into. Uh, the class préparatoire that I chose um, is more economic driven. I mean, um, it's quite balanced. We do a lot of mathematics, um, but we also do humanities like philosophy, geopolitics, history, and a lot of languages. So, um, so I guess this program is very um, uh, broadening in terms of intellectual knowledge. And um, why is it uh, so intense? Well, it is because of the number of hours we have. Uh, we, I think like we, have, we can have six to seven hours a day uh, for 5 days uh, a week but we do also have to work a lot uh, at home uh, to um to you know uh, to master all the knowledge we have uh, learned uh, at, uh, in class and uh, while well, the goal is to prepare for competitive exam at the end of these 2 years and to, ha- to give the best performance because at the end we do have a ranking and based on this ranking uh, we get to choose the school we want. So um, 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 to dive deeper into the, the national competitive exam process, um, well, it is composed of two parts. The first part is a written part that lasts about 10 days to two weeks because uh, schools have different types of exams and we all uh, have to cover a lot of subjects. Uh, And so these uh, written parts uh, give us a ranking at the end. And based on this first ranking, we are invited uh, for the oral examination parts. So, for example, uh, for HSE, we came for four days uh, to have some oral examinations in a lot of subjects. That we actually cover uh, uh, in Class Préparatoire. And, um, and at the end, we have a final ranking and we get to choose the school we want. So the, I guess the pressure might come from this ranking at the end because we work for two years, but I mean, every, everything is played during
0: those few weeks. So we can definitely you know, tell that you know, it's really competitive and of course the workload's also pretty intense um, in that sense. So first of all, I'm sure you did extremely well because you're now also at HEC. Was it always a dream of yours to be at HEC? And is it something that you envision or how does it help you in terms of your career goals in general? Well, um, when I first entered Classe
2: Préparatoire, I wasn't absolutely uh, aiming at HEC. I mean, it was always uh, in my mind, uh, the top school in France. And if I had the chance to enter HSE, of course, I wasn't, I was going to take the opportunity. Uh, But, um, well, I really grew in a family where uh, everyone was supportive and well, my parents did not put pressure on me, for example, for the schools I would get at the end. And for my parts, I told myself that I was going to do my best and that whatever I was going to get, I was going to be proud of the effort I put. And well, at the end, I did get HSC and of course I was very proud, but um, it was kind of a dream coming, uh, coming true. But um, it wasn't my, like my top priority to get into HC. It was more like an achievement, uh, the accomplishment of an effort. And I was more proud of the effort I, I put in my work than the results. The result Absolutely. is just like the whole package. Um,
1: just for our audience to have a more clear picture of how HEC Paris is perceived in the, in the, in the French culture or in France, can you give us a more concrete example of like how prestigious or how like how hard
2: it is to get into HEC Paris? Um, well, it's true that um, sometimes when we talk about Grande École, um, people uh, only remember a few names. For example, for engineering schools, we have like schools like Polytechnique or Central. And when we talk about business schools, they uh, often only uh, remember the top schools like HC. And so um, I think that the prestige also com- comes from uh, the fact that there are a lot of leaders who come from uh, the school, but we also had some presidents who uh, came to HSE uh, like uh, François Hollande, uh, but also other politicians, and I guess that this prestige um, really stems from those those people who had uh, a major impact on on France, on the economy
0: and and a lot of of other aspects. So we talked, you know, about the class preparatoire and how it prepares you to get access to these, you know, grandes écoles and how it's super competitive. I'm guessing that it must also be a super stressful environment because you're always comparing yourself to others. They are expecting a lot from you guys. The workload's pretty intense. So have you ever felt that stress sometimes became a bit overwhelming? And do you have perhaps tips for people who You know want to get better at stress management on how to make it less overwhelming and dealing with it better.
2: Yes. Well, of course um, the stress uh, environment is really linked to class preparatoire, but I think that um, It kind of decreases uh, when we actually live the experience Because well, we're in small groups. Well rather small groups. We're in class of in classrooms of uh, let's say forty people, maybe more, and so it's very different from universities, for example, where where you have a lot of students uh, all together. Uh, in class preparatoire, you, you really um, can create some atmosphere, and depending on where you are, but uh, in general, uh, the the feedback I I, I had is that uh, people were with professor who were quite supportive. It was my my case. I was uh, in. A, a class preparatoire that was uh, in Paris in uh, the fifth arrondissement Um, and well I actually found my professors quite supportive Uh, they don't really put the pressure directly Uh, the pressure kind of comes from us and well a way of coping with it is firstly to be uh, surrounded by supportive people have great friends I really made great friends and we were um sharing all of our notes or all, all of our findings so it kind of reduced the workload and another way of coping with stress is actually well you know that there is too much to do you can't you know you can't do everything and so you choose you directly choose to you know remove some of the some of the stuff you have to do and um you end up prioritizing things and while it kind at first, it's difficult, of course, because we're used to uh, doing everything because, you know, a lot of students who go to class are actually serious students. And but in class, it's kind of humbling because you learn that you can not do everything and that's OK. So it kind of reduces the, the stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I, I guess that the, the, the fact that I was quite organized from the very beginning also helped.
0: Yes, I think that's the main point. So if I do remember correctly, you were part of a really prestigious uh, Classe Préparatoire in Paris. So um, I'm also guessing that the people that joined this Classe Préparatoire also were part of the top students in high school. Um, so I'm guessing for some of them, they might go from being top students in high school to being average students and very prestigious class Préparatoire. How do you deal with that? Did you see it as, uh, I mean, you or, or other people, do you feel like it's something that's, that's actually easy to deal with? Or is it something that you've personally dealt with? Have you seen it perhaps as a setback? Like, how do you rebound from that? How do you regain this confidence and motivation to continue or continuously uh, exceed expectations? Well, that's true. Um, all of the
2: students who were in my classroom were at, uh, when, when they were in high school, they were like, the best students in their classrooms. And of course, when you're ranked, because you know, when every week we had uh, some exams and we often had a ranking because it was to get us used to being ranked to, to people. And uh, of course, uh, yeah, there is a f- top student and the the students who are in the, well, that are above. And um, well, it's very humbling and quite, Shocking at first, I would say, when you get to see that you don't have the usual grades you used to have in high school. Um, and psychologically talking, I mean, it's kind of difficult mm-hmm. at first. Um, but I think, well, it depends on professors again. Uh, some professors stress on the fact that uh, this is the first ranking and rankings are not fixed, that we have two years to improve. And of course, they also remind us that we are ranked between us. And well, at the end, we will be ranked uh, compared to uh, all, all of the students across France. So it might be different, of course. And but um, well, I won't lie. I mean, uh, even for students who kept um, being in the lower parts, uh, some of, for some of them, it was OK, but I mean, for a lot of us, it was very difficult, um, but, uh, well, the, the secret, well, it's not really a secret, but a really good point is being surrounded by good friends. I mean, we're all support together. We all remind ourselves that, yes, we are compared to, uh, between us, but um, we are here to improve all together. And um, I guess, well, it depends, but in my group of friends, we weren't like comparing each other uh, because we knew that uh, this ranking was based on one performance uh, the d-day on d-day everything can happen even the best student can i don't know uh, forget uh, everything but uh, you can also overperform. Uh, everything is possible so
0: we we also learned that it's super interesting because we're, we're talking obviously a lot about you know ranking um And of course, ranking means really competitive environment, as we talked earlier, and the development of a really competitive mindset, sometimes super individualistic Um, and currently in the workplace. Also, I think Jacqueline and I have experienced that uh, we are facing companies and industries that are more and more relying on teamwork, so people collaborating, working together towards a common goal. So if I'm playing the devil's advocate, I would be like, "Oh, but is the mindset that, you know, prepa prepares students to a mindset that companies will want to find." You see what I mean? Yeah. So what, what 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 would be your input on that? Well, I guess that that's where HSC
2: comes. <laughs> I mean, after uh, having experienced such an environment, a specific environment, uh, H- HSE, in H- uh, at HSC we we have a lot of group work, so we will learn to lo- to lo- to to work in groups, uh, But I would say that everything I've learned, uh, in class preparatoire can also be used, um, uh, in different workplaces. Um. Well, it's true that it was competitive, but I learned to, you know, uh, take inputs from everyone to improve with everyone. Um. Um. I also really gained some skills: organizing, planning. Um, and um, well, it's true that it can be it can be seen as individualistic, but I think that in every group, in every team, we need people who know how to organize, to plan, um, to also um, reassure people when there are stressful situations. I think that people who have already experienced uh, stressful situations can more easily handle uh, uh, situations that can, be, that can be that can look like those, um, situations they lived in the past mm. and so I think that we can contribute to, to teamwork like this mm-hmm. by giving some advice maybe and yeah I think that's it uh, we
1: talked about a lot in the past where you dealt with different stress um, in the future we're gonna need to deal with even more stress like in the work and master's degrees and everywhere Are there some other key takeaways or tips that you've realized from your past experience in prepa in terms of how you dealt with stress, how you kept yourself positive when you were in a very stressful environment? How do you personally process all these emotions? And in the long run, how do you think you can deal with the stress more easily by taking some lessons you've learned in prepa?
2: Well, the top thing I learned is that you can't uh, put pressure on yourself like twenty hour a day, uh, every day. You must have, uh, you must allow yourself to have some fun to relax because otherwise, uh, you can't you can't make it. Um, well, for example, every day when, uh, well, every day I would allow myself to to pause a moment. To enjoy uh, small moments, for example, uh, in France uh, uh, after school, uh, when we went to the library, uh, we would you know, just sit together uh, with my friends and enjoy a goûter. I mean, it was uh, part of the ritual before going back to work. And I think that like, uh, you know, all those small moments, you really get to really appreciate them uh, in the same way um, having lunch. In France, it's very important. Well, mm-hmm. in prépa, sometimes it was really shortened. But when we get we got the chance, the opportunity to sit and eat, we would really enjoy it and not like uh, talk about uh, all the lessons, the course, uh, and the work. Um, I think that doing sport is also very important. To you know, uh, well, it was one way for me to to release the pressure. Uh, Because I really like doing some sports and so it was uh, one way of coping with stress and In the weekend for example, uh, I would allow myself to watch some TV series because Yes, we can allow ourselves to Mm -hmm. To you know unwind a little bit and I knew that it was if I wasn't doing it uh, I would uh, go crazy and I think that you have to set your boundaries and uh, I think an important thing to remember is when you enjoy those moments to truly enjoy not regretting them afterwards, because it's kind of a contract you make with with yourself.
1: I think extending from the point that you just mentioned about boundaries, also like because coming to master's degree, I think after a few years of work, we, at, at least for me, speaking for my own self, I feel like in the past we would always want to go for like the rankings to be the top in the class. However, after a few years of work, you realize it's not the ranking that matters, it's what you've learned that matters. Even though you don't get an A in every class, but at least you understood the concept of the, of the class and you understood what the professor is trying to deliver to you. And in the end, it's what you've learned and if, whether you can apply it to either your professional path or even in your personal life is that's what matters it's not just the ranking and the numbers that you need to always go for and so perhaps in that sense you can relieve yourself some stress not always like going for it. i have to be the best and that's gonna just make yourself super overwhelmed and
0: not in a good way i would definitely agree i think it's as you said really living in the present and focusing too much about oh the ranking and everything that's gonna happen but mostly what do i get from this experience Um, But talking about stress, I've read something a couple days ago, uh, someone said, you know, like, whenever you're stressed, just do a little list of all the things that you're stressed about, uh, and then uh, check the things that you can deal with, and that you can control, and things that you cannot. Erase the ones that you cannot (laughs) control or deal with, and the ones that you can deal with actually do something about it, and then you're going to be less stressed. And the second thing is, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I was facing a really stressful and intense uh, situation, whenever I was surrounded by other people, it just brought us instantly closer together. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we experienced such an intense and stressful situation together. I remember I went through a really long shift at a time because I, I did a cl- like really small internship in the hospitality industry. And one day we're done at nearly midnight. And we were just looking around, no one was working at the office, we were the only one, the only team remaining, and we started laughing. And honestly, Mm. it it was one of the greatest times of my internship. And even though you experienced stress, and of course, we need to know and we need to learn how to cope with stress and, and how to manage it better, sometimes to share this experience with other people. First of all, as you said, Jenny, it enables you to release a bit of stress, but also to actually have really fun memories I right? totally agree because like
1: for people who don't know the educational system in Asia it's I, I would say you have two years of prepa we have like the entire childhood of <laughs> prepa like the amount of school work you have to deal with in Asia like in China and Taiwan and Japan and Korea is insane so adding up to what Christina just mentioned um i also it just reminded me of my high school but before uh taking the admissions test for the university we always spent like three or four hours after school like from 7 p.m to 10 p.m and we would always like for example study for like a two hours three hours and then we would said okay now let's go run the track for 30 minutes together and so everyone would either like change and then go run and release stress or we just look up the sky and walk and chat and see the stars so I felt like indeed that brought everyone bonding together we became super close friends and towards the end everyone were there for each other and you wouldn't feel that stressed when like feeling you're alone dealing with the exam yourself
2: I completely agree I mean it was the case for me in in prepa I made incredible friends and you know when we remind ourselves of some moments we we lived in prepa uh, we kind of remember the really difficult moments, but we we managed to make them funnier. Um, for example, before, uh, when preparing for the, the, uh, ex- uh, the, uh, the examinations parts, uh, we would spend like a few days or even a week uh, at one friend's house to work all together. And well, there were very fun- funny moments because we would just go crazy all together. <laughs> and so
0: that's great moments to to remember Mm -hmm. see Mm -hmm. there's something great that's coming (laughs) out of really stressful situations um and so of course we talked about the fact that you know and especially during class preparatoire it's it's a really demanding curriculum so there's a lot that you need to do the workload's really intense the competition's really intense um and sometimes you need to allow yourself to take breaks from that um but then how do you get back on track? What motivates you? Or do you have any tips for people who you know, go on breaks? And then suddenly they think, oh no, I actually have to go back to this really hectic schedule. Uh, is there anything that you can share? Well, firstly, I guess that
2: when you have a long-term goal that is set, it kind of helps uh, because, uh, well, the goal was to give your best performance. So you know that you have to put, a, put work uh, Otherwise, you won't get better. Um, But the other thing is to really enjoy the moment, the pause that you allow yourself and uh, set a deadline. Like when you I I was mentioning it uh, earlier, it's kind of a contract you make with you make with yourself. So um, in the contract, you, you, you put the amount of time you allow yourself to have to to release the pressure. So when the time is up, uh, well, you know that you have to go to back to work, well, it was the case for me. And um, I think that you should uh, also plan your environments. Having an organized environment that is clear, um, having everything tidy also helps because it helps you go back uh, quicker uh, back to work adding up to that i think having your own routine is also super
1: mm-hmm. important yes like i would say for me coming back from christmas holiday i don't really have my routine that i used to have before holiday so i felt like everything was so disorganized but once you're back to your routine you know every day six thirty a.m or 7 a.m you have to wake up you do this and that and everything's like organized then you get easily back on track because you know you're going to get some things done in a certain amount of time.
0: No, absolutely. I think there's always a point, you know, when I think about, you know, careers where I'm like, oh, if we're giving it our 100% and then we're actually going on a break, at what point are we taking a break? Because of course you need a break and then eventually you'll be more performing on the long run. But at what point should you perhaps consider, oh, perhaps I'm giving too much and am I doing a burnout? Because you know, I think a lot of professionals are currently experiencing you know, situations really similar to burnout, where they feel like they're really giving you know, their job their all, and they're per- like, perhaps not really balancing you know, work-life uh, equitably. Um, so yeah, I think that's just something that comes to mind. And in general, when it comes to you know, really demanding environments, how do you make sure that your priority still remains yourself and your mental health and overall well-being? And it's not just about all oh, performance and goals. Like, do, is, there, is there such thing as a limit to your performance or goals that you need to set? What, what are your opinions? Well, I think that in class reparator, it's kind of different. I mean, we,
2: we knew that it was going to be, well, it's a limited in time. That uh, after two years we were going to enjoy a bit uh, life, <laughs> so I, I think that's that's why we kind of allowed ourselves to put performance first before our own uh, wellness and uh, and sure. state of mind, um, and but but I think that uh, in uh, in uh, work uh, in uh, in workplaces uh, it should be different because I mean. Sometimes you know that you engage yourself for a career and you don't know how much time you are going to, to stay and the, the, the goal is to you know um, to grow to develop your mind and if you put yourself um, well, no, if you don't put yourself first it might become difficult Well, some people actually uh, decide to um, put performance first but because they know that it's only, go- only going to last for a few a few years, so I think that that when you know there is a time limit, you you allow yourself to put performance first, but it should not be the case if you you really plan on uh, engaging in this path uh, longer.
1: We're all humans, as we all uh, have ups and downs, and there is definitely some times where you know you're supposed to be disciplined, however there are so many other distractions around you. How do you regain your focus or how do you set your objectives well clear in front of you when there are other distractions perhaps aside you? And have you ever struggled with maintaining this focus and how do you deal deal with it? Or have you been always so disciplined?
2: (laughs) No, well, you know, I've always been quite disciplined by nature. Well, um, I think it's the case for a lot of families, but I mean, in my own family, uh, we were used to being disciplined and I think that uh, the activities that I, I did uh, in the past also helped like uh, I did some music, some piano and so I, I learned how to to be disciplined from a very young age I know people who easily got distracted but so they eventually got to work um, maybe a li- little bit late but well they knew how to cope with it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I would say like from my experience, also like seeing friends, uh, people who are really easily distracted. Well, it can be by nature, (laughs) but it can also be simply because they weren't truly passionate about what they were doing. I think this is also why it's super important to know what it is that you truly want. And especially when you're young and you're evolving and, you know, really demanding environments well, you need to know why you're doing it, why you are pursuing certain you know, academic curriculums, why you want to go into certain companies. And even now, I feel like some people are sometimes, you know, applying to companies or to specific masters because eventually that's what their families would want them to do or that's where they think they would get the most like prestige and recognition. Um, did you personally, Jenny, had time, or do you, do you believe you had enough time to get to know yourself better? Like, not just, you know, of course, physically, mentally, but also in terms of your goals. Because when you're young, you're generally going for what your parents want you to do, what your teachers think it would be nice to do. Did you did you have enough time for self-discovery? Uh, well,
2: I guess, yes. I really had the chance to have parents who don't, don't put pressure on me. Uh, they did not push me to do a prepa. And actually when I decided to go for prepa uh, they really asked me is it your choice do you really want to do this Uh, because they knew how it was demanding and um, and well uh, during the years uh, my years in high school I really got the chance to to ask myself if it was something I wanted to do because I was already you know, planning on doing a class preparatoire uh, when entering high school, because I kind of heard about it and I thought that it would, it would be very interesting, uh, especially for the, the knowledge that you gain. And um, and so, yes, during high school, I think I really got the chance to discover what I liked. Um, I had the chance to do a lot of activities. I like to so. I think like uh, on this on this side I was quite lucky. Are there
0: any questions that you think young people, young adults, should ask themselves before engaging into any kind of academic curriculum or career path? Like anything that you think helped you to discover yourself?
2: Well, first I think that um, you have to ask yourself how you like to work. I mean. Uh, for some people they like to work in small groups some like to have uh, you know to be accompanied by teachers by professors and well uh, people have to be aware that in some um, some curricular path uh, Well, you don't get the chance to be accompanied that much you have to be really uh, to have autonomy and so you have to ask yourself if you're uh, planning on becoming uh, autonomous and well that would be a first question, for example. And, uh, well, you can also dive deeper into how you like to learn things. Is it uh, uh, by uh, doing something with your hands or just you really like, um, you know, um, classic uh, courses with big lectures. Like theory. Yeah, theory too. Um, and so sometimes people might not ask those questions themselves uh, beforehand. And it might be a bit compromising when they actually
0: realize that it's not for them. Mm -hmm. And so that would be another way of doing it. Do you feel like you have enough time to explore? Because I'm guessing that when it comes to Prepa, so of course we already said everything, you know, it's super demanding, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But basically you chose to, in your case, to do economics, right? And then now you're at HEC, and then suddenly after two years of Prepa and approximately two years at HEC, we're asking you to do internships. Yes. Did you feel like you had enough opportunities to be curious and discover different industries, different departments to now know exactly what you want? Well, I think that it kind of went very fast.
2: Um, yeah, the problem is that uh, it it kind of went too fast, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, I did not really got the chance to discover a few uh, different industries to know really what I wanted to do. Well, I have already have some preference towards uh, industries, but I guess that um, a, 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 a whole year is might not be sufficient to know really to really know uh, whether you should engage in, uh, in a career. Uh, I mean, you do two internships. After that, you have your M2 and some a lot of people are actually already uh, engaging in a uh, in a contract after that. Oh, wow. Well, I think it for most people, uh, but I guess that a solution would be to do other internships after the M2 and if you're not sure to uh, about what you want to do after, uh, if you're already sure after the two internships you've done during your gap year, then that's fine. But in my case, well, I've, I have already preferences, but
0: I guess that it would be quite well. it was, it went very fast. So you just mentioned, so you already know that you have some preferences. So what was exactly the thought process to determine which industries you could be interested in, like any tips for young adults or age that you know are still trying to figure it out? Well,
2: if you have a passion, for, of course, it's going to be easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't really feel like you're particularly attracted to an industry, well, I guess that um, sometimes You know, for internships, you you should just jump and go for it if you have um, an offer. Um, Because, I mean, you will never know. And uh, one way is experience. And experience uh, tells yourself, uh, well, uh, actually makes you understand what you actually like and what you don't like. And I guess that when you're doing your internship, uh, well, uh, some people can actually uh, lead you towards what you are more keen on. Um, And so I think that it's, uh, well, internships are also opportunities to meet people who will guide you, who kind of will be your mentor. Well, I I hope so. (laughs) In terms of mentors and and stress and
1: everything, if you're interested, you can also listen to the previous episode. We talked a lot about that. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) But in terms of what you mentioned, like, I couldn't agree more. Uh, From my experience, when I still was enrolled in my bachelor's degree and I was doing internships following that, I noticed quickly that theory is so different from practice and sometimes you may have an idea of what an industry is about or what a department is about, but once you're part of that department or part of the specific industry, you see that actually it's totally different and it's either you love it or because expectations don't match reality, (laughs) you tell yourself, oh, I'm never working in this industry ever again. And I mean, as you said, I think it's just a learning process where you have to figure things out. The more time you have to figure it out, the better, because eventually the decisions that you're going to make in the future for your career are going to be wiser. But also something that I think is super important is whatever you decide to do at a certain point in your life, nothing will prevent you from doing something else. Let's say 10 years down the line, you've done something and actually now you think, oh, I want to reorientate my career and I want to do something else then that's also always something that you can discuss with people and eventually perhaps you'll need to do like a certificate or something aside from you know your work but there's really no pressure in having to make a decision now for the next 50 years of your life mm-hmm. so yes. I think that also puts less pressure on our shoulders
2: yeah. yeah that's true I mean it's very different from a few decades ago where, when we had to choose for a whole lifetime uh, now people all say to us that all tell us that you know we have time and if we want to change, it's possible. And well, that's a great thing actually because we well, it really release a pressure, knowing that we can find other opportunities. but we can also uh, seize the opportunities we have today, even though we're not sure it's okay because well, we either like it or not. We are going to find other opportunities and find new ways of discovering other type of industries or jobs we actually like. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And perhaps before we end today's episode, um, do you have any dreams, anything that you would like to accomplish in your life? Could be career-wise, could be also more personal, anything that comes to mind?
2: Well, I guess traveling. I mean, I one reason why I... I chose to go to business school was the opportunity to, to travel to discover new countries and new cultures. I guess that I would like to travel a little bit more um, in
1: the future. And you mean in terms of like becoming a digital nomad, or you mean like joining an international company where you get to like become an expat?
2: Um, not necessarily um, in um, in a, uh, in my job, but okay. also on a personal, as a personal experience, um, you know, just going on vacation, but also you know having the possibility to go abroad during your your years at school is also mm-hmm. a real a real asset.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think it's a great eye opener to see a little bit what's happening elsewhere yeah. and eventually you know different countries different markets so you might as well you it's know fall forth. in love with one country and then want to stay there <laughs> you're gonna say fall but in love with someone oh, <laughs> <yes>. well <laughs> that, that could, could also you, happen right was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: life yeah. is not just about uh, your sorry. ears sorry. <laughs> work-life balance <laughs> <laughs> right. uh,
0: but thank you so so much denny for sharing all of these wonderful insights with us very interesting and then uh we'll see you later in the, our next episode thank you ciao, ciao. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. We hope you liked this episode. Don't forget to follow and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
0: Also, we always love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to DM us on our Instagram, the Twenties Project.